After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, also Red Circle and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, turn the notifications on. We've been getting more views for our messy covers than our heat covers lately, so make sure you subscribe there. Also, check out Off the Floor. That's text directly to your phone from the Five on the Floor crew, $3.05 per month, free for the first week. Winnow.app, that's winnow.app, that's two, two N's, backslash Off the Floor. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes prize picks. Yes, when they have we have the games overseas in the Philippines, it's going to be on there. Make sure you're using the code 5 F-I-V-E. Use that code to get your initial deposit matched up to $100. Just rated number one fastest growing sports product in the country. Prize Picks is our daily fantasy partner. And again, when you use the code 5-F-I-V-E, you get that money right away. You do not have to wait. And there's lots of different ways to play. So go to Prize Picks. Use the code 5-F-I-V-E. And now, today's episode. Down the Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. And joining us for about the 13th time, we've got George Sedano. You can follow him at Sedano. And of course, he's out on the West Coast, but his heart is still here in Miami. So we're continuing our thank you D Wade series episode one aired yesterday. You can still find it on the podcast feeds. Tony Fiorentino flashed his ring, told some stories from the innocent beginning. Okay. So that started with Dwayne Wade getting drafted by the Miami heat fifth overall, becoming a rookie of the year candidate for a good portion of that season, leading a team to a 42 and 40 record, which ended up being the four seed win over new Orleans in the first round. And of course, six games against Indiana before they finally fell out today we're going to go to the next phase here uh the flash phase and that's the phase after Shaquille O'Neal came of course uh Lamar Odom was with the Heat for Dwayne's first season but Lamar was traded along with Karan Butler Brian Grant to get Shaquille O'Neal nobody thought Shaquille was going to be available that summer necessarily he had a contract dispute other issues with the Lakers owner Jerry Buss Pat Riley was meeting with Jerry Buss where Jerry Buss was kind of trying to get him to take the job out there and run the organization and then it turned out that he found out, oh, Shaq's available. And Shaq 
was available to the Heat, but did not want to come to the Heat if Dwayne Wade was going to be going the other direction. That was the piece he wanted to play with. And we closed last episode with Tony Ferentino and all of us talking about the fact that if Dwayne hadn't had that rookie season and the Heat had not gotten to the playoffs and gotten to the second round, Shaq probably never comes to Miami because there wouldn't have been a piece to play with. So a lot of that resonates today. But George, I'm going to go to you. Let's start here on the on the 0405 season um, because it seemed like everything changed. Shaq shows up with the water guns and everything, and the big yeah. Uh, that was the celebration before the big three celebration, right? He's out there with the the tanker the tanker in the front of the arena and promised the title. Promised the yeah, title. Yeah, promised the title. Alex Pinellas gave him the key to the city. Don't remember? Don't you remember that? And I then he if did. Key still works. <laughs> well, it wasn't left under the mat, um, but nonetheless, no. it was it was it was still given to him. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, he did that press conference mm-hmm. inside the arena where you and I love to still chuckle about these things, because whenever one like someone like of that stature has ever been in Miami, it what happens is what I like to call when news attacks. Yes. yes. I, which is the sports people are there, but there's also like the news people who don't really follow sports the way we follow sports and cover sports. And then there's all sorts of wild questions, which to, I believe Shaq once to one of those questions talked about how he wanted to tan naked uh, in his house at star Island that used to be owned by Ronnie cycling. So mm-hmm. I remember that too. Yes, of course. And, and like you said, the news attacks. Uh, and then also Shaq very early on got to know who Barry Jackson was. I, that was always funny. Barry Jackson, yeah. Barry Jackson, Barry Jackson. Uh, he had a different tone with him than Zoe used to have. Uh, just shows how long uh, Barry has has been around and how those relationships have grown. Uh, but the, the big thing that Shaq did from the very beginning, and, and I think this is so important when we talk about Dwayne, is he anointed Dwayne, right? I mean, he gave yes. him the nickname. And in a lot of ways, he changed Dwayne. And and we've we you know Pat Riley spoke. I asked Pat the question today. He did a conference call with us. Uh, we tweeted a lot of that stuff out, and we talked about Dwayne growing as a human being and maturing and all that. Dwayne was shy his first year, like he really was. Like, yeah. but Shaq kind of got him out of his shell. I, I've said that actually the two most difficult years covering Dwayne as a media member were kind of the first two years with Shaq because I felt he was changing. They would make up stories about being in the gym to trick the media when that wasn't actually true, playing all kinds of games. But he made in Dwayne, in some ways he anointed him as a celebrity, kind of like his next Kobe, but the one he was going to get along with. Um, right. <laughs> I, that was, that was right. That was different. Yeah. So anyway, uh- it, oh, what did, was yeah, that? Go, okay. go. I'm going to bring oh. Greg in here in a second. But I mean, I, I, I mean, you noticed the same thing as a media member. I yes, think. there's no question. So I, I'll give you an example. Um, when Dwayne was a rookie, I believe, if I recall correctly, um, there was uh, Channel 4 used to do a show called the Mikasuki Sports Wrap. Okay? Yes, I was on it many times, actually. Yes. And Dwayne was a guest one time and Dwayne got bumped, if I recall correctly, uh, early in his rookie season. Like that would have never happened clearly after that. OK, yeah. so, um, wow. yeah, he was a shy kid. Um, it's funny because I actually just finished recording a piece for SportsCenter that just covers his basketball career and what he's meant to the NBA. And uh, it starts that way, a shy kid from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And and that's who he was. Shaq definitely brought him out of his shell, right? And when you think about it, that's a lot to deal with at 23 years old. You go from the shy kid from Chicago who burst on the scene at Marquette, you know, in the Elite Eight and going to the Final Four. It was the first time Marquette had been there since 77. And then he gets to Miami, 22 years old, plays really well as a rookie, 
bright lights are on. He, you know, he takes Baron Davis, crosses him up, wins game one, as you mentioned, whatever. But then that stuff is all cool. But Shaq is a different level to your point of celebrity and fame. Mm -hmm. He is a global icon at this point and arguably the best player in the sport. Right. Mm -hmm. So on top of all that stuff, then you've got a 23 year old player who he wanted to anoint in, you know, under his wing, right. For lack of a better phrase. And yeah, there was a different level of growth there. And I think that he realized very quickly, this is a business. And I think Shaq helped him understand this is a business. You're a brand. You have to understand that. And that's why he never got bumped ever again on Mikasuki Sports Rap, for example. Um, so, or even I did, maybe, George, but he never did. I will say that. Right. Or I was going to say maybe he never even appeared. To be honest with you, again, because he's like, <laughs> ah, I remember they bumped me that one time. So, yes, I think all that happened. And let's face it, his game unlocked in a way too, playing with mm-hmm. Shaq, like a lot of guys historically who played with Shaq. Um, but he really took his game to a different level. Um, that's on Shaq to some extent, but it's mostly on him for sure. George, right. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned the basketball aspect and that you're going to be uh, queuing something up on ESPN. I'll be watching out for that because I want to go here with you. Shaq was like, he was second in MVP voting that that first season in Miami, yeah. if I remember correctly, behind Nash. He was robbed by Steve Nash. Thank Not you. Not actually Steve Nash, but the media. Right. But so, and let's also just so that we're all clear Ethan and George were members of the media at this time. I was merely just a fan hiding as lefty Leif. And as I'm looking back on, by the the way, if you want to really tie this thing together, I believe the picture of Dwayne hitting the shot over Baron Davis. If you walk somewhere in the bowels of the arena going up, like from the garage, there's that photo somewhere and you can see Ethan uh, sitting there with probably very similar glasses, looking up like exact oh same God. glasses. Yeah, no, they've yeah. been broken several times. No, I, oh, okay. I, 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 I was looking up on the baseline. Actually, I mentioned that photo in the episode with Tony. It's, it's, uh, it is still there in the, uh, in the bells. It is. It is. No, I but hear me out. Hear me out. So Shaq, he's twenty three and 10, 2.3 blocks. I'm looking back at the stats now. He played seventy three games. That had a big yeah. piece to do with it. But this is what's crazy. And you mentioned unlocking Dwayne's game. So here's where I'd like to pick your brain. Dwayne averaged 24, almost seven assists, five rebounds. And I'm thinking back as I'm looking at this, and obviously it's just sheer statistics. Why the hell wasn't Dwayne in the MVP race when you look at his stats? Um, And I just think it, it, to me, it showed that what happened in the playoffs when he rose to that next level he was able to sustain that and build on it in the next season. And just from your perspective, I know Shaq was the MVP that year, but Dwayne had a hell of a season. And I think yeah. it goes under the radar a little bit because we go straight to 06, which where we're that's where we're going to go next. But I think 05 Dwayne deserves his due. Oh, I don't think there's any question. Look, I, I will still say that if Dwayne doesn't get hurt in that Detroit series and he tore some rib cartilage, it's very similar if you're a football fan to the injury that Justin Herbert had this past season uh, for the Chargers. Um, if he doesn't get hurt and that, you know, in the immediacy of it, right? Like they shot him up. He played, he missed one game, the game in Detroit. Eddie Jones had a miserable game in that game um, and they get blasted in Detroit. They come back to Miami and they rode Dwayne and, you know, Stan unapologetically, you know, wanted to ride Dwayne Wade. And look, it's easy to second guess Stan in that scenario. And clearly Shaq did. 
But, you know, Dwayne was incredible uh, in the first yeah. half of that game. Um, and then my guess is whatever they gave him wore off and the injury started to hurt him uh, more again. But if they win that series against Detroit, I think they beat San Antonio or at least have a legit shot of beating San Antonio that year. Yeah, I think it would have been a great series. Actually, you're underplaying that to say that Shaq kind of blames Stan. I told this story on playback yesterday. After that season, um, I was working on a freelance piece for USA Today about charity work uh, among premium athletes. And they did a photo shoot with Shaq and work done at the Delano. Right. And the only thing that Shaq, I was with Shaq for six hours. So this was after the 2005 loss. It was about a month afterwards over the summer. The only thing Shaq took time from speaking the language of every model who came in. Uh, the only thing he took time out from doing that uh, was to complain about Stan. It was literally like five hours of complaining about Stan. And I, I just knew that, and he didn't even know me well, honestly. And he just spent the whole time in front of a reporter complaining about Stan. And I just, you knew going into the next season. And obviously there were a lot of things that went on with Stan that year and stories that were told that were wrong stories that weren't told that were right, all that kind of stuff. But a big part of it was, Shaq had checked out on Stan and that, and we know that. And, and that, that was, uh, you know, they've, they've acknowledged that after the fact, but I, I just, you mentioned the playoffs here and I want to touch on this before we kind of move ahead to 2006. Okay. Because what Dwayne did in the 2005 playoffs got overlooked because really yeah. Shaq missed two games of the second series. They swept the nets and they swept the, the Washington sheets uh, in. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Zoe actually started the last couple of games. Zoe would come back late in the 2005 season uh they and they swept those games uh with Dwayne essentially leading the way Zoe was not counted on to be much of a scorer at that stage right. and and Dwayne really carried them to that uh Easter Conference Finals and against the Detroit team that for those who don't remember is one of the best defensive teams in NBA history for its era yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you're talking about they had elite defenders across the board, and obviously that's a team uh, that, that that would win a championship during that period of time. And they had one Hall of Famer who was actually their least heralded guy. It was Ben Wallace. Um, but right, yeah, Chauncey was the best player. Chauncey was the, the best player, and Rip. Yeah. Was okay, how cover. about this? How about this? Chauncey was the most consistent player, right, yes. on the team. Rip was incredible. Tayshawn was very good. Rashid had the highest ceiling of them yes. all. Yeah. Um, but and Ben, and was, the ben was the defensive stalwart, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and imagine if they had added Carmelo to that group instead of Darko and what that would have They would have been a dynastic run is yeah. what they would have had. Yeah, like, I mean, exactly. who knows if Shaq is even enough in that scenario for Miami to get over the hump. And, and Carmelo's narrative would be completely different if that had been the case, if he'd been drafted there instead of Denver. But I, He but may that, be Dwayne, to be honest with you. We'd be talking, would you rather be the Pistons? Not, yeah, I don't know if I want to go that far. But I, I'll, I'll, but, but I, I think what we see is you see the leap uh, – with elite players, but typically for most, it comes kind of third year, fourth year. I, I think what happened with Dwayne is Shaq accelerated the leap. Yes. Uh, he, he he gave Dwayne the, the, the space to do what I think Dwayne would have ultimately done anyway. Mm -hmm. But Dwayne was also able to move off the ball more that season. Uh, you know, Damon Jones did a nice job for them that year. I mean, he was so, a defensive. Here's, here's a good analogy. Um, to your point there, Dwayne, Dwayne, regardless would have been a jet plane taking off the runway, right? What Shaq did was turn him into a rocket ship, yeah. right? That went straight up very quickly and got to where it needed to get to. Yeah. And, and again, I think you look at that 2005 playoff series 
with the Pistons, they had them beat. I mean, I, they, they had them beat. They did. Uh, I, yep. I covered every game in that series, home and road. Game six, you just knew they had no chance. You saw the look in Eddie's eyes. No no disrespect to Eddie, yeah. who played a big role uh, during those teams. And you know my feeling was on Eddie George, and I was always an yeah. Eddie supporter. But you were. It was, I was, but it was deer in the headlights and you just knew there was no chance. And that's why Stan fed Dwayne in game seven, because he knew he couldn't count really on anybody else. Well, uh, and, and he, here's the thing. Remember Dwayne's game one was one of the worst playoff yes. performances that he's mm-hmm. ever had. Like ever. Mm-hmm. I know everyone yep. talks about that five point game against Indiana. I feel like this one was probably worse, even though he scored 16 points. I have never seen Dwayne Wade be as inefficient. And he have like eight turnovers and I, he, it was, it was an awful performance. It, it was almost as but bad. They as won game one, didn't they? No, they uh, lost game no, they one. Lost game. In oh, that's right. You're right. You're right. They lost game one in 2005. It was one of the worst playoff performances Dwayne ever had. He bounced back in game two, had 40 that's in what, game two. So yeah. they should have been up 2 0 heading to Detroit. Yeah. And then remember, they won game three. Um, yeah. So they would have, in if Dwayne has an average Dwayne game, okay, in game one, they're up 3 0 in that yeah. scenario. And they probably, you're right. They had them. They had them. And they, then they Dwayne got them. hurt. I, I, well, I don't think. They, I don't think Detroit ever really figured him out. Like I, they, no. they, they, they did a number <laughs> on Kobe uh, in the 2004 Finals, but they Tayshon, did not do a number on Dwayne. Yeah, yeah. They, they did not. They didn't. Uh, Tayshon was was uh, Rip was a really good defender on Dwayne, but they did not. They did not yeah. have him figured Dwayne- out. Tayshawn's not the prototype that bothered Dwayne. It was the no. it was the Heinrich types that bothered right, yeah. Dwayne. The, the smaller, stronger, Physical, sturdier yeah. uh, base yeah. types. Right. It was. Uh, Dwayne was too fast for Tayshawn is the problem, right? Co- remember, Kobe is 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 longer and bigger than Dwayne by several inches. So I think that I think that also played more into Tayshawn at the time too. Um, and Kobe was more willing to be more reliant on his outside jumper, whereas Dwayne was going to be, particularly at that time of his career, was going to be relentless in attacking. But yeah, you could have made the case they would have been up 3-0 in that series um, if Dwayne just has an average game one in that 2005 series. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we're going to talk more about what happened, the transition of 2005-2006. I know George wants to get to this because he always hangs it over my head. Uh, so we will get to that in a second. We do want to mention uh, a couple of great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Our friend Lynette, you can find her at, at A Aggressive Insurance or insurancebylynette.com. It, two N's, two T's, huge Miami Heat fan. She's on all of our streams. If you need car insurance, you have a bad driving record, she's the one to go to. Life insurance, she can handle that as well. Renter's insurance, reach out to insurancebylynette.com. Ask for Lynette specifically. She will get the message. We have uh, we have lined up a whole bunch of clients for her. They've all been satisfied uh, with her service there. So insurancebylynette.com. We also want to mention our, our guy, Dr. Jonathan Chung. You can find him at chiropractickeystone.com. That's chiropractickeystone.com. Board-certified chiropractic and chiropractic neurology specializing in chronic pain, dizziness, and post-concussion syndrome. He's got a new sports vision training program that is used by athletes like Steph Curry. And here's the thing. Even if you're not in the Wellington area, which is where he's based, he can still see you and do a great job. He does the telehealth consultations at an affordable price. Check him out at Keystone Neuro on Instagram, or better yet, chiropractic keystone.com make sure you mention five reasons i can tell you jonathan uh huge miami heat fan as well all around the world speaking at conferences that's how you know the guy is good he's always all over the place but when he's in his office he can definitely help you chiropractic keystone.com this show is sponsored by better help what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day go for a run take a nap maybe check the stats of the latest miami heat game 
I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so let's get to it. And we're going to handle this quickly, George, because I don't want to dwell on it. Uh, in the, the 2000, 2005 offseason, I remember exactly where I was when I wrote this column. I remember. It's funny how you remember this. I stuff. love this story. The bad ones. Um, I hated the offseason moves when they first. Oh, you hated it. I mean, hated is an understatement. Yeah. You despised them. You yeah. were like, oh, you're trading for an old Gary Payton, Jason Williams. Antoine Walker, James Pose, like you were so. No, Posey, I liked. Posey, hey, I liked. Twan, yeah, Twan and GP like, oh, played 80 <laughs> games wait, each. Revisionist history, okay? Posey, I liked. Posey, you, I liked. You, you liked it, it in comparison to the other ones. No, I, like, I, I, I thought like, he was a Heat player. The other you thought, three. You said he's fine, to he's use fine. your words. No, and GP, GP was a Heat player his whole career. I just felt at that point, no disrespect. You thought he was too no old. No disrespect, Aaron Goodman. Right. Still you want thought you to he was too to Miami. But, but don't don't come here now and say you liked Pose. You said, "quote He's fine. He, he was fine. He was a good fit for them." Right. But, I, but, but don't. But this is great accountability. Let, here. Let's let's don't address. make it seem like you liked him at the time. You hated that all those all those moves. You hated let's, them all. No, not I all loved the moves. it. Let's address. I, I I don't. You know, I don't care, Greg, and I don't care, George. Here's what I'm saying. Okay, I did not like the Jay Will and Antoine moves because I didn't think that they would be able to get them to play. I didn't think they would be able to get them play in the system. And what actually happened, yes. okay, with Jay Will is he played too much in the system. Yeah. Which it worked out, but right. like they couldn't get the white chocolate out of him anymore. Like right. was, they, they they had it came out in that obviously the, the clinching game against Detroit. Yeah, where he was just going out. ham shooting threes. Yeah. Right. But but the, the all the circus stuff, like he they took it out of his game, or he took it out of his own game. And he actually played pure point guard yeah. um, that season. And it's not that I didn't like his Sacramento game, but I, it's just that I didn't think it would fit with what they were doing. I thought it would take the ball out of Dwayne's hands too much. And actually, he was a great backcourt partner to Dwayne. And look, Antoine accepted the role. It was kind of posy was there half the time. Uh, Antoine was there the second half of the time. I will say this, though, okay? I was right the next year. <laughs> after I they was, hoisted a, a a banner okay i guess and after right. after antoine in the locker room said 
I'm going to drink until trading camp. And he was yeah. a man of he his word. Because he, did. He, had, he did. He and, he and Posey both yeah. showed up out of shape. And Pat had got suspended. No, no sympathy. They both got suspended for it. And of course, that season ended with Luell Dang sweeping them off the court. Okay, but how about in, we get in to the Miami point and Pat okay. clapping them off the floor and half how he just and half praise. He went right by the the final. Lost over Nothing a whole championship happened. season like that. You just <laughs> lost you, over a championship season. I just did. to say, you were right in the end when everyone <laughs> knew that that was a one year team. Well, can you tell the Gary Payton story? Oh yeah, I can tell the Gary Payton story. So but tell the Gary talk- Payton story. Okay, I'll tell the Gary he Payton story. He said it was one year team. I'll, I'll tell the Gary Payton story, and then and I will then we shall go back to discuss Nothing the championship happens. season, which is I believe what you really brought me on. I was flying over the parade. Honestly, I was fly- I had a trip planned because I was not expecting them to win a championship. So I actually so the Gary my, my plane story, went over the parade. You're taking L's, Ethan. Just stop. Let him tell the GP story. Tell right, the GP so story. Are you talking about the one the in 2007 in Chicago with Wallace when we were with Mike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Michael Wallace and I are sitting there, and we are. Uh, Chicago, uh, United, the United Center in Chicago. I don't know if that's still the case. I haven't been there a long time. But the media used to sit um, right behind the basket, right near the opponent's bench. And Michael and I were literally like seated towards closest to the tunnel. Um, so Wallace and I are sitting there and they are getting blasted in Chicago. Okay. And GP um famously the year before in 2006 which we could discuss at some point i'm sure remember he got into that little tussle with Dwayne on the sideline um and you know they that was the year they eventually won um but the next year they're getting blasted by chicago they got a better team right ben wallace is there now um they thought they were going to be a championship team because they added ben wallace and they (laughs) gary Payne is walking off the floor and he's fighting with somebody. I don't remember the specifics right now, but he was arguing with somebody and Shaq or Zoe or somebody is pushing him aside as they're walking into the tunnel at halftime. And he's like, bleep that crap, man. I already got my ring. And, uh, and Wallace and I looked at each other and go, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. There goes this series. And I think that might've been game one. (laughs) That's a great story. Yeah. So it it just was, it was bad at that point. Everything was bad. Pat had broken his hip, right? Remember something like that? Well, Pat admitted today that Dwayne shouldn't have played with a separated shoulder. So I mean, skipping ahead, but he, but he said that that was a mistake and, and, and then coming back that year. And of course, then the next year really bottomed out uh, with, with 15 win season. That was the year Pat broke his hip. It was 2008. That yeah, was he, anyway, he, well, can we took, talk about the championship? He season? took a scouting trip, is what he took. Remember, yeah, right. He took yeah. a scouting. Well, do you? Trip. It Roddy might have been in Chicago, it. right, where he broke his hip, where he kicked the door, and the door didn't go. The the door was it went out instead of in, and he kicked the door. Did Ooh. you think this is what we be talking about today? All right, so let's go back to 0506, okay? And because here here's um the way that I look at this, uh, to me, uh, Dwayne's finals performance is the greatest finals performance in NBA history. Um, Correct. And, 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 I, and I know that there are others that are statistically better. And I know you can make an argument for certainly LeBron in 16 uh, is, is one from the contemporary era that comes up and Giannis just had an unbelievable statistical performance. But to me, it's this, and, and, and it's no disrespect to Shaq because uh, Shaq was a decoy essentially because Avery Johnson made him one. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and, and didn't deviate Avery Johnson's big adjustment during that series was to change hotels instead of change defensive. Right, they went from Miami to Fort Lauderdale. Remember? <laughs> yeah. I came up to yeah. my neck of the woods. I still and don't understand triple why. Teaming Shaq. <laughs> right. Kept double teaming Shaq. Um, but what, no matter what Mark Cuban wants to say about this and, and all the rest of it, Dwayne essentially was a one man show. Like I, I understand that others had moments. GP had, uh, a huge shot and shot in moments. game three that clinched and, it. And yeah. Zoe, Zoe had the 13 minutes of fury in, in game six, game six. Yeah. But, but really like from a scoring burden perspective, it essentially was give the ball to Dwayne and get the hell out of the way. Yeah. And, 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 and it also, and, and, and again, also the two O deficit and to be down 15 and I'm not going, we're not going out like this. 13. Closest to MJ I've ever seen. Straight yes. up. Yes. And look, MJ, people are certainly going to make comparisons to MJ, and they're going to talk about MJ's level of competition going 6-0 and in the finals. He played Hall of Famers in every single finals, MJ did, even if Magic was advanced in age at that point. But in all the other series, whether it was Peyton, uh, you know, or Drexler or or uh, or Barkley, he played Hall of Famers. And by the way, in the Magic series, don't forget – don't forget, James Worthy is also a Hall of Famer and was on that team. Yeah. Exactly. So, so look, I, I, and it's not taking, but I just think from a singular performance to do that in your third season, Michael never did that in his third season. Kobe didn't do it in his third season. Um, it, it is, it is really, uh, to me, the most remarkable Finals performance of all time because that was actually a really good Dallas team. I, I think when you look at that Dallas team and compare it to the eleven team. I actually like the 06 Dallas team better. The 11 team had a lot of nice veteran spare parts yeah. around Burke, mm-hmm. but, but the 06 team, I actually thought was more talented. Josh Howard was a really good player. Really good game. player. Really, good, really player. good player. Made bonehead yeah. mistakes, but a really good player. Um, and, and, uh, and Jason Terry, I thought was a better player actually in 06. Yes. Was 11. Yeah. I, so I, I actually thought it was a better team that, that Dwayne beat them. As a heat fan back then, I'll just sneak in here and say, before game one against Dallas in 06, I felt like, oh crap, this is a juggernaut. Whereas in 11, it was a totally different vibe heading into that series. So I definitely see that just just disparity in roster. I mean, to your point, he averaged 35 points a game for the series, okay? Like that, and that's not Dwayne's thing. Like he's not the guy, historically, if you look at his history, he's rarely been the guy to average over 30 in a series, mostly because he's wants to get everybody involved, right? Like to some level. And he did not in that series. Cause mm-hmm. he couldn't, right? Like they just, it was, it had to be him. And it was the time in his life where he was just like, to your point, I'm not going to go out that way. And to paint the picture more accurately, they're down. Oh, two game three in Miami. And they got drubbed in the first couple of games, right? Like I know that the score indicated that maybe they were closer than they were, but they got, they got beat by double digits in both games and and they weren't really that close, Mm -hmm. but he averaged uh, 34.7 points per game in that series. And all of a sudden he turned into, I to quote Spo, a bleeping tornado (laughs) out there. Like he just went nuts and I, I think because of that, like, I, I think that in his third year to do that, to put everyone on his shoulders, a veteran team, by the way, and put him on his shoulders. I, I thought that took ex- an extraordinary amount of, uh, let's call it testicular fortitude, right? <laughs> to be able to pull that off the way he did down. Oh, two game three, the fans in Miami, 
either booing or sitting on their hands. Mm-hmm. And then they're down 13 in the fourth. They get a bucket timeout uh, Dallas. Um, they get a couple buckets. Dallas gets another bucket timeout, six and a half minutes to go. It's an 11 point game at that point. Dwayne then scores nine points the rest of the way and gets a couple of guys involved. GP hits the big shot. Um, and the famous, I'm not going out like that uh, saying in that huddle mm-hmm. got them to victory. And then they never looked back at that point because yeah, game six was hard as hell. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, but people forget, um, you know, they blew them out in game four. Like they completely took Dallas's spirit in game three. Okay. As much as people say, oh, Miami took the, their uh, the Spurs spirit in game seven, that was not the case because, yes, they hit the Ray Allen shot, but. The Spurs almost won game seven. Yeah. (laughs) It was like the heat going into game seven, Boston of this past playoffs. Right. So like they blew Dallas's doors off in, in game four, they were completely dispirited. Now game five was different. Miami barely survived that one. Dwayne had 43 in that one. So Dallas had regained some of its composure. And then there was the famous Riley one suit, one tie thing or whatever. And, uh, and, you know, Shaq tells the story that he was checking people's luggage and stuff and it's kind of hilarious. And then, yeah, they, they win that game. Dwayne has 36. Zoe has 13 minutes of hell. Um, you know, Shaq gets into foul trouble in that game. Um, but yeah, Posey hit big shots. Udonis hit big shots in that game six. Uh, he had that big steal, if you recall correctly and hit those two free throws. Um, so yeah, like that series really is what put him on the, like, Okay, let's do it this way. If the Shaq season prior put him on the map in a way that we had never seen before, this took him to all-timer status already in year three, which is kind of wild. Like, if you think of sports, right? Maybe Derek Jeter is probably the only person that you could think of that was put on the scene that young, that quickly, on that kind of stage where they excelled in a way that we didn't anticipate, right? Because to your point, With LeBron, he was the chosen one. We were expecting greatness the whole time, right? With Jordan, by the time he got to the finals, it was already year seven. Um, Dwayne is year three doing this and having one of the greatest performances we've ever seen in NBA Finals history. So I want to ask a question that, that, uh, and I don't want to be negative here to close this. Oh, here we go. No, no, I I don't want to be negative, but I I just, as as a Heat observer, Heat fans and all that, when we say that and we say, okay, in his third season, Dwayne was essentially top of the sport. I mean, Pat said that today. I don't think anybody could deny it. You can make an argument because I think some people misread the quote a little bit that Kobe was actually playing at a higher level overall. But if you're talking about in 06, if you look at what he did that year, but if you're talking about just obviously the finals performance and Dwayne was in the finals and did it in the finals, which is when it means the most. And and obviously Dwayne would go on, you know, after he came back from the shoulder injury and the knee stuff and everything else. And he had two incredible seasons that kind of got lost to history because the team was kind of holding tight uh, with the exception of a sort of flirtation with bringing Lamar back, uh, you know, holding tight for 2010. And then of course, Dwayne has a really good first season uh, with 2010, 2011. He likely would have been finals MVP if yep. LeBron doesn't bleep the bed. If LeBron has an average series, they win that series. And, and Dwayne is MVP. Finals MVP. But, but I always say this, 
do we get the LeBron that we got and probably not the following season? Cause he probably doesn't go into the lab with Akeem and work on his post game and then create the pace and space offense. Maybe that happens, but maybe it doesn't. Well, and Pat even said today that he had a meeting with the three of them and basically said, look, so we got to have a pecking order. And, and Dwayne moved over to number two and kind of let LeBron cook. And that's a lot of what happened, but I guess in the context of this, there's no way you could say a Hall of Fame career is a disappointing career in any way. Uh, he is, in my view, the third uh, best shooting guard ever. And you can make a case that his peak was as high as the second as best anyone. guard yes. ever. Right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not number one guy, but as as the number two guy. Um, but but I, I do think that when you look back at it, we're like, it, when you look at him being finals MVP at his age, um, that there is some disappointment that the injuries robbed uh, of what he oh, could yeah. have been. I mean, but that's not his fault, right? No, like no, no I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not blaming him. No, it's the fault yeah. of a doctor that shaved his meniscus in college, okay? But I'm just saying the decision. But but I, I do think that that is where, if you look at kind of what sure. could have been, you, you say, okay, he was he was the best player in the world, um, and not just 06 finals, but but I do believe in 08, 09. Um, and oh, he should have won the MVP. I know you finished third, yeah. I think. I know LeBron won, but Dwight, I think, finished second, Dwight right? finished second, and actually there was more of a case maybe to be made even for Dwight than there was for, for LeBron that year, but uh, but whatever. I mean, they were all deserving, but Dwayne should have been the guy, I think. Uh, you know, yes. it, it came down to wins, but look at the team that Dwayne was playing with in 08-09 uh, and, and, and okay. tell me that that was a playoff team uh, if he's even just superhuman instead of being – unbelievably superhuman. Um, but but I, I do think when I, when I when I look back at it, I say, okay, in 06, and now we've all kind of gotten old and it's 17 years later and all the rest of this, but I, I you felt like you were watching Jordan. And I know there was this comparison to Jordan that, that Pat made today about how, how he could kind of snake on the ground and all the rest of this and play with that kind of strength. And and I just, I just wonder, you know, some of it was his own frustration with having to carry a team by himself in 08 through 10, get me help. But that kind of hurt his legacy a little bit because he did have to side to the side a little bit for LeBron. We never really got to see Dwayne carry again in a high leverage situation. We, we saw it in 06. They didn't get the chance in 07 because they got swept out of the first round. 08 was a disaster. Right. 09 and 10, he got beat in the first round, which was had, you know, he was unbelievable. And right. then it was, it was kind like of like all about burger. LeBron after that, right? And and yeah. and and to me, that's why the 50- although it, it it is about LeBron, unless you really watched the games, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll give you an example: Game Four in 2013 against San Antonio, yes. where he went for 30 points and had six steals in the because game. Pop, like, put, Pop put Tiago Splitter on him to start the game, which I asked Pop about after the game, and Pop tore my head off. Right. Uh, but yes, that that was right. So. I, Yes, but but you you got moments, right? You got moments. Yeah, you got flash, right. but, flashes, but that's what so happens. That's what happens when, to your point earlier, that Pat and him yeah. uh, and everyone decided there needed to be a pecking order. Well, and let's sneak one more thing in here as we talk about Dwayne in these years. Um, like he repeatedly, like he was on his rookie contract here, but I, I just think like the sacrifices he made throughout the years, and that's in further episodes also bring into context just how great he was. Um, but I know that we don't want to skip too far ahead because he didn't take his pay. Yeah, no, for yet. sure. But, but here, here's what I'll say. Okay. About the, um, the beginning, right? Because at the beginning we saw a star being born basically. Mm-hmm. Right. And we saw him grow up. Um, and I think those subsequent years you mentioned, Ethan, that that we were robbed of seeing him at his best because of injuries, I think 
yeah, it sucks, right? Um, but I also think it made him a little different too. And I mean that in a positive way where he then realized, okay, yeah, I, I've got to rebuild myself. I've got to change the way I play a little bit. I've got to make myself stronger. I got to do things differently. And, you know, we didn't know what he was going to be after that disaster 07, 08 season. And then we saw him in Beijing and we were like, holy yeah. moly, right? And in the biggest moments, like Dwayne Wade has always done, whether it was in college at Marquette, uh, the NBA finals, whatever it is, the biggest stages he performed and in Beijing, when they were playing in the gold medal game, Kobe and LeBron were in foul trouble to start that game. Yeah. Both were on the bench with two fouls. And who saved the day with 27 Dwayne. points? Dwayne Wade, who was interviewed at the end of the game with Kobe Bryant, who who had 20 points and clinched the game. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Dwayne was there with Kobe, with Craig Sager at the end of that one, celebrating those two um, who were contemporaries and, you know, obviously had an immense amount of respect for each other. Uh, and even Kobe said, you know, this guy, this guy carried us in those moments. You know what I mean? Like in that interview. Um, and I, I think that those are things you need to know as you get ready for the subsequent episodes. And, and that's, and we'll talk about this in future episodes, but that is why I enjoyed the 1516 run because Dwayne, oh, purple Dwayne, shirt guy, purple shirt guy. And Dwayne did have to carry in that postseason. Goran struggled during certain games. Hassan, uh, got hurt. As we know, underperformed, uh, and then Bosch was out. And so it was back on Dwayne again. And you're right, he had to adjust his game. So I, you know, I, I think, and you know, look, and then obviously Dwayne lost the Flash nickname and he didn't want it anymore. And that's why, you know, we're well, he went from Flash. Remember, there was the in between years, he went to Wow. Remember, yeah, I don't know what the hell that was. I really, yeah, well, way that of was, Wade. Well, that was, that way, was of way of Wade, Wade right? For his, his, I, his I, branding, I, I, right. And then he was, and then at the end, uh, you know, he was Father Prime after the LeBron year. I like the Father Prime stuff better. Although he, the one he hated was Vintage. Uh, I I remember. I oh, he hated that phrase, he hated right? When he tell Vintage Dwayne. And then Wade. he ended up he ended up starting a wine company. Like I, you know, he ended yeah. up doing all these things that uh, that he didn't say at the time. I I I, w I will say this, like like I said, <laughs> I, I think the other thing you mentioned him as a as a uh, as a player. And now he had to evolve, but he evolved as a person too. Like I said, he, oh, he, no question. He was the flash the personality way, during the flash. I, I, li I didn't listen to all of it yet. I've only caught a little bit of it, but I thought Dan nailed this when he interviewed with him. And I, I know it was released today that he talked about what incredible growth he made as a human being. Right. And not only a leader on the floor and a leader of men, but a leader in life, right? Like what he's been able to do um, and be this, this family person and this family man and lead his family in what's not, if we're being honest, not the easiest oh. of situations, right? To yeah. navigate publicly, right? Um, let alone privately, right? And and he has done a masterful job uh, at both. And I could not be more proud of him as a human being. Uh, forget about the basketball stuff. Yeah, no doubt. All right, I do. I can't let you go without asking this one question, though. Uh, okay. Outside of Dwayne, does Dame end up in Miami before the season starts? Yes, I think so. Uh, look, I, I think we'll see, you know, what Aaron Goodwin and Damian Lillard decide to do from a tactical standpoint, because camps open September 30th, October 1st, in that range, somewhere around there. And if I were um, Aaron Goodwin and Damian Lillard, I would threaten to not show up. And I know that people are going to deal with some backlash immediate in the immediacy of it. But look, you're already dealing with the backlash to begin with, right? So... If you're going to go and, and do this, you might as well 
go to the mattresses on it, right? To use the godfather phrase. But I, I think that if that happens, if you're Portland, you are running the risk of losing all the leverage, um, whatever leverage you may have at the moment. And, you know, my understanding of this, and I said this on NBA Today last week, is that Miami just wants to know what it is they actually want, right? right? And I, because they haven't really communicated, they want clarity, right, on what it is they want so they can give it to them. And if that means they have to go out and get more assets, then they're willing to do that. But they're not going to bid against themselves, as my colleague Brian Windhorst said on that same episode. So uh, right now they have the best offer. And unless there's a better offer, uh, we're going to be in a pretty interesting scenario and situation come the end of September, but we still have another six weeks or seven weeks till we get there. But I, I do think at the end of the day, he'll be in Miami. Yeah. And uh, it is, it's like asking your date where they want to go to dinner and they don't give you an answer. That's kind of who Joe Cronin uh, is at that point. Don't yeah. comment well, on this, George. I don't and by the way, maybe it's not just Joe Cronin. Maybe there's more people ownership in the and others, others in the above world. him that, that also feel a certain way about this. Right. So, and look, if if Portland's going to end up taking um, a deal that they deem lesser than, at the very least, they drag this thing out. And at the end of the day, maybe they extract another thing or two. And then they can say, well, we got more than what the original offer was. And their PR looks good. And, you know, see, whatever. we got Jaime Jaquez. We call it a day. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I won't get you into any of the other uh, uh, politics on it because I know there's a lot of stuff going on uh, with it. But hopefully, Dame is in Miami because we've been talking about it for three months. And honestly, at this point, if it doesn't end up happening, nobody's going to listen to this podcast. Well, and, oh if he get, and if he gets to Miami, they're probably going to be – well, I mean, I would definitely make them the favorite in the East. Uh, but they're probably going to be the Vegas favorite in the East. And I would say that if I was picking a team to win a championship, just with those three guys, because I trust the organization to fill the gaps, mm -hmm. um, I think that they they would be the championship favorite in that scenario. I think so, too. Um, and, and I think that's part of... Because it fits, right? Yes, it fits. perfect. Like, like, we were just talking about the big three briefly, right? And how there had to be a pecking order. It still didn't fit perfectly. You're right. If anything, you know, the big three in the, of these of the modern era that fit the most seamlessly was Boston's. If you think about it, just as far as their games meshed. Now there were some injury issues and whatever, and they didn't, you know, accomplish what, you know, one would have assumed they would have accomplished um, having only the one championship. But as far as their games were concerned with Paul and Ray and KG, and then of course you had Rondo and Perkins who they drafted like that stuff made a lot of sense on the floor. And this Dame Bam yeah. Jimmy uh, team would make a ton of sense on the floor. Sacrifices are easier for this group than they were for Wade, Bosch, and uh, yes, and yes, yes, uh, much easier. Don't occupy the same spots on the floor. The ones who have, I mean, Jimmy and Bam, and and uh, and they, they somehow they've managed uh, to get to three conference finals and two NBA finals. All right, you can follow Matt Sedano, George. We always appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you for not mentioning uh, that I was wrong in two thousand five. All right, see you. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.